At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense. With personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk. So you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. Virginia is for families. All sorts of families. My family, your family, your neighbor's family. For families of all species. For beach chair sitting families and paddleboard standing families. For families that like to camp outside and the ones that would rather museum inside. Yep, we got plenty of those to choose from. For mountain hiking families and would rather hang out by the pool resort going families. Come to think of it, that's more my speed. So, in conclusion, Virginia has all sorts of things your family could love. So, come love it for yourself. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next three hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 1, a- 1 p.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. Eastern, I should say. On the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com or studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, and our website. Oh, you've got that, Exxon Nation. You're a smart bunch. www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is no stranger to the Exxon Nation. Over the 25 years we've been doing the show, I've had the pleasure of having this lady on a number of times. I'm talking about the one and only PMH Atwater. She is one of the original researchers in the field of near-death studies, having begun her work in 1978. She has written, oh, I believe 15 books on her findings and is one of the top-ranking experts internationally. Her most recent book that we're going to be talking about tonight is Dying to Know You. Proof of God in Near-Death Experiences. And joining me right now is PMH Atwater. And PMH, welcome back to the show. Great having you with us. My gosh, you're still at it, PMH. (laughs) Yes, I am. I am. (laughs) Yes, and I've got more research and more books on the docket. My goodness. PMH, I know you travel around the world. Uh, You know, the the near-death experience phenomena that you go back way to the 70, uh, what is it, 1978 when you got involved in this. Yeah. You know, you must, have, you must have seen such a change in the way the world is viewing near-death experiences over these many years, and in part because of the great work you do. Well, yes, um, and, and, I, and I, kind of, I, I, I kind of sort of wiggle a little bit here because I'm, I'm really disturbed by what is going on right now with the media. Right now, 
the media is telling us uh, that a near-death experience is only something that happens in a hospital. It's only something that happens with doctors and nurses present, and the people are hooked up to machinery of some mm. kind. And it, and it only happens the way that the latest best-selling near-death experiencer books um, describe. And that's simply not true. Um, you know, there's only about maybe oh, a little over four, maybe a third of the cases that happen in a hospital. Yeah. Um, the rest of them, very, very different. They're not always the way that um, various experiencers describe them. Mm -hmm. You know, th that's wonderful, but what they describe is their experience. It is, it is what they learned. It does not mean necessarily that that's what's going to be true for everybody. You know, I remember having uh, on the show a number of years ago Dr. Janice Amatuzio, who is a forensic pathologist, and she says unequivocally that near-death experiences are true. Oh, they are. Yeah, and, and, and I can't understand. We know that now scientifically. Yeah. But you know what? I don't understand the media who's, who can make such a statement without doing their homework, without talking to people like yourselves and, and oh, yourself. Hey, you know, they're, they're, they're like used car salesmen. Uh, and, and, and I sort of um, want to sort of couch that in, in, in the tunnel, the idea of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, in 1982, Gallup Poll did the first scientific study mm -hmm. of near-death experiences. And at that time, only 9% of the people reported a tunnel. You can go back and check um, the various uh, research that's been done, what mm -hmm. people have been saying, and, and, and you can find that not that many ever talked about a tunnel until after the media sensationalized Raymond Moody's first I, I was just going to say that. Uh, listen, PMH, we've got to take a break. Please stand by. Great sure. having you again on the show, and congratulations on yet another super book. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour, a good friend of the Exxon, the one and only PMH Atwater. Uh, her new book is Dying to Know You, Proof of God and Near-Death Experience. Her website is www.pmhatwater.com. We'll both be back on the other side. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. 
shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado-certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. So Nation, PMH Atwater is my special guest this hour. www.pmhatwater.com is the uh, website. You know, you may have heard of PMH over the many years. Yeah, she's, uh, let me see, she's also written uh, Children of the Fifth World, A Guide to Coming Changes in Human Consciousness, uh, Beyond the Indigo Children, The New Children and Near-Death Experiences. Uh, just, to, just to name a few. Well, thank you very much for that. I didn't know who the heck that was, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Only here on the X-Zone can we get told that the scans have been continued. Well, thanks very much for that. But for more information on PMH Atwater, www.pmhatwater.com. PMH, before we went to the break, we were talking about the media, the tunnel, and Raymond Moody. Why did they? Why do they focus on the tunnel? Um, because it's weird. It's different. It's unique. And it's um, it's a way to make money, to ignite the public. You know, there's something different. Mm. And it was new. And, um, you know, so they sensationalized it in that manner. And um, we didn't start getting very many reports of a tunnel until after that. And, you know, in, in many parts of the world... Um, They've never heard of a tunnel. People right. don't have tunnels in their near-death experiences. So we need to sort of be flexible and kind of open up mm-hmm. and realize that there's a lot more to the near-death You know, the near-death experience, Rob, is not a light show with a storyline. That's not just what it is. It's an incredible phenomenon that uh, millions and millions of people have gone through and millions more. Um, that it affects you in incredible ways. You know, there's a pattern of after effects that's mm-hmm. both physiological and psychological. So that's why I'm saying we're talking about a dynamic here, not just a light show and a storyline. We're talking about something that changes you on the most fundamental level, uh, changes brain structure, brain function, changes the nervous system, the digestive system, skin sensitivity. All kinds of sensitivities sure. come up after. So, you know, it's a, it's a very dynamic thing. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited about um, dying to know you, proof of God and the near-death experience, it opens up the whole field for, for everybody and how, what they went through, what they experienced, because it's the people's book. Rob, it's the people's book. There's been no uh, other book like it. You can't find one anywhere because it's never been written. It is the summation of over 4,000 adult and child near-death experiencers. It's their words, their truth, their wisdom, their experience. Now, I admit there's a little bit of research in there. I admit there's a few cases, but the rest is the people. And, and so if people want to know, anybody wants to know about the near-death experience and what comes of that mm-hmm. from the people themselves, this is the book, this is the book you get. And it, it, yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> and it's written, you know, it's, it's written in a very different way. It's not my typical kind of book because it's the people's book. Of course. You know, uh, with all the cases that you've heard over the years, is is there anything that deviates that is totally different that 
that skeptics can point to and say, well, you know, that if you're talking about all these similarities, how come this one is different? <laughs> There's a lot of them that are different. Yeah. Um, they seem to differ according to the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there is a little bit of a storyline. There is sort of a, a common theme. But other than that, they're going to be radically different. Uh, let me give you a case in point. This is a um, this is a man, Portland, Oregon, October, late October, dark of the moon, um, nearing uh, midnight. He's out uh, outside of Portland, uh, traveling sort of in the you know the hinterland kind of thing. Um, and, and it had been drizzling in the daytime, but there was a sudden drop in temperature, and that creates, as you know, black ice. Well, the guy didn't know. I mean, you know, the ice is black. So he's driving too fast for the road conditions. He loses control of his car on a very steep turn, and he crashes into a tree. Now, his words... He floated up to the top of the tree and looked down, and he saw his body. And there was an arm missing. There was a lot of blood. And he wanted to save his body. So he looked around for help. And there was no, no buildings, no houses, except on a, uh, on a ridge a mm-hmm. little bit away, there was a two-story house, and there was light on in the top right-hand corner of the house. So he said he went over there. Now, (laughs) I don't know how he went over there, but he just said he went over there. And he looked in the window, and he saw a man inside. And so he started jumping up and down and yelling. He said he was yelling at the top of his voice. He he didn't say anything about, you know, these psychic things. No, he was yelling yelling at the top of his voice, and it kept saying, you know, call the police, there's been an accident. Call the police, there's been an accident. Well, the guy inside happened to look up, and and he told the police, he said, this fog was jumping up and down. And he says, fog doesn't jump up and down. And And they heard this loud voice in his ear, call the police, there's been an accident. Well, he didn't even question it. He Mm -hmm. went right to the phone, called the police, and reported the accident. Then he went downstairs, grabbed a a flashlight, uh, and went outside and started looking for it, you know, because he didn't know anything about an accident. Sure. And and he was there when the police came, the medics came. He was there to flash him down and take this guy's body to the hospital. Um, They were able to revive him. They could not reattach the arm, and he lost his right arm. He was a right-handed artist, so that was a big blow. And, 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 and he was blind. He couldn't see. He was in the hospital a long time. Those were the days when they kind of kept him in, you know, for a while, instead of like now they take you out the next day. But he was in the hospital for three months. When he finally, um, uh, about after three months, his sight came back. And, and he asked for paper and pen. And with his left hand, he drew a picture of the accident scene. So they called in the investigating officers. They called in the guy in the house, looked at the picture. They said it was as if a photograph of the scene. It was so detailed. Oh, my gosh. You know, how, how, you know, how can you explain that? Oxygen deprivation? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I mean, how can you explain that? Yeah. And, and then, um, well, let me give you a, a, another case to kind of curl your toes. All righty. Um, this is Margaret Fields Keene. She was in North Carolina. She was a grade school teacher, a single mother raising a daughter, She had a big garden, Mm -hmm. and she also raised horses. That was her life. Her teaching, her daughter, the horses, and the garden. 
She had very, very serious uh, leg condition. She had both legs. She had to be rushed to the hospital. It was an emergency. Um, Put her on the operating table Mm -hmm. right away. Uh, We're able to save her. She she did die on the table. Um, They were able to bring her back. And in her Mm near-death experience, she experienced something like a, a, a beautiful green lawn, lots of bushes, lots of trees, and in front was this river. And, and the feeling like she couldn't cross the river. And she heard this voice booming from the other side of the river saying, you are to be a healer, even in darkest Africa. She said she revived. Right away, there was a guy next to her on, on, on a bed. Mm-hmm. He was screaming and crying and, you know, in a lot of pain. Sure. She said she just went over to her, um, took her hand, and put it, you know, uh, went across his body, and he went right to sleep. She noticed there was a room at the end of her room. Mm-hmm. All the windows were blackened out. She she just knew she had to go there. So her words again, she went through the wall. How she did it, I don't know. She went through the wall. Mm-hmm. On the other side, discovered again her words. A white boy burned black. Oh, gosh. So we're talking a serious burn, burn victim here. Big time. She on the edge of his bed, introduced herself. He could see her perfectly. He could see her and talk to her perfectly. And so she talked about death and what it, what it was like to die and that he would be okay. There would be no pain. She talked about his parents and, um, you know, they could... Um, they could deal with this. She had a long talk with this boy, and then she left. Now, one month later, uh, Margaret is now out of the hospital. She's in a wheelchair. She's attending a horse show, and her daughter uh, had uh, had won this particular event. And so the announcer on the loudspeaker was announcing her daughter is the winner, the daughter of, and they gave Margaret's name. And the next thing you hear is these two people making their way, uh, uh, you know, as fast as they could to where Margaret was. And they came to Margaret, and they were almost cheerful how, how important it was to them that they find her. They'd look for her everywhere. They were the parents of the burned boy oh my gosh and and they said to her that what she had told their son Mm -hmm. enabled him to die without pain and it enabled them to be able to handle his death and understand what death is oh lord and they were so thankful they knew her name from their son That is one powerful story. Yeah. Or should I say that is one powerful testimony? Well, it's in the book, Dying to Know You, Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience. You know, 90 to 95% of the people come back knowing God. Notice I didn't say believing. Belief implies doubt. Yes. They come back knowing God. They know about mission. They know about heaven and hell. They know about soul. They know all about the other side, and they've come back to tell us. PMH, hold that thought. We've got to take a break. Exonation, the one and only PMH Atwater is our very special guest, and we are always so glad when PMH can break away from her busy schedule to be with us. Her website is www.pmhatwater.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And listen, how would you like to be part of UFO History Exxon Nation? All you have to do is go to www.cubesatfordisclosure.com. Check out the site. Let me know what you think. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. (laughs) 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Nation, there are times when I am very skeptical, as you all know, and there are times when I'm a believer. When it comes to near-death experiences, after having had the pleasure of talking to PMH a number of years and other members of the, um, the International Association for Near-Death Studies, and people who have actually had near-death experiences, the jury has come back, and I am a believer and PMH, during the commercial break, you were telling me more of a story about the lady who was told she was going to go to Africa. And please share that with our listeners. Yeah, that's Margaret, Margaret Fields Keen. Um, later on, she married a fellow from South Africa. 
and she, she went with him back to Africa. And, and so in Africa, she hunted up all these uh, special um, the places where there are witch doctors. They're mm-hmm. called Sangomas. And so she uh, um, became friends with the Sam- Sangomas there. Um, they tested her to find out if she was real. Mm-hmm. She was. And so what she did was she went out in, into the, their area and taught them how to do the work. <laughs> so she was teaching the African Sangomas how to heal. You've talked to children who have had near-death experiences. You've talked to seniors who have had near-death experiences, as well Everybody. as every age in between. Is there a difference between um, a near-death experience that a child has compared to uh, a near-death experience a senior or or an adult may have? Well, it depends on the age of the child. Mm-hmm. If it's a very, very young one, usually their cases are very brief. Right. But it's, you'll still have that pattern of after effects. That's how you... Um, that's how you can know what was happening. You always look for the pattern of after effects. It's the after effects that validate the experience, not the other way around. So you're always looking for those after effects. How do we? Uh, how, how but do we... yeah, there are a lot of differences with children. Um, mm-hmm. In a. In, in the next couple of weeks, I begin my next research project with children. I'm going after the tiny ones, those who had a near-death experience between womb mm-hmm. and the age of five, because I'm finding that that particular group um, handle their near-death experience far differently than even older children, teenagers, or adults. See, I'm, I'm going after these after effects, and I'm, and I'm going after the near-death experience as a lived event because mm. I want to know what happens over time. I want to know how it affects them over time. So that's what I'm doing now. But children in general, um, they'll have the same after effect. They have the same uh, basic experience same basic after effects, mm-hmm. but they handle it totally differently than an adult does. Um, yeah, totally different. So anybody who is a child experiencer who's out in your audience, have them get um, my book, The New Children and Near-Death Experiences. That's my original study, 277 child experiencers. And so um, they could... <laughs> They're going to get a very um, uh, big opportunity to find out just how different it is with children. But, you know, with children, I, I would like to share a particular case. With sure, go right ahead. It's not in the book. Uh, in fact, it's not in any of my books, but it's going to be. This is of Marcel Vogel. Do you remember Marcel Vogel, the crystal man? Yes. Yeah. I, I, he became one of IBM's greatest inventors. Yep. He was uh, the person worldwide who did more with crystals, knew more about crystals than anybody else before, and I might say even after. He was just, he was just an incredible genius upon genius. Well, come to find out, this all came from his near-death experience. He mm. had... He had double lobar pneumonia, died at the age of six. six we're talking a six-year-old kid here. Mm-hmm. In his experience, this is what he was told, and he later wrote it down. So it, it's factual, his handwriting. This is what, he, now imagine, six-year-old kid, this is what he's told. You will be a phosphor chemist. You will do pioneering work in luminescence. You will write a book and create your own business. Can you imagine? I mean, he's six years old. But he did just that. What about all the different religious philosophies in the world today, PMH? Is there a difference between a near-death experience of a Christian compared to that of a Muslim compared to that of a Jew compared to that of a Buddha? 
Well, if you're looking just at the near-death experience itself and whatever that storyline might be, uh, no, there's no difference. The yeah. difference is in how it's explained. The difference is in how the person articulates what happened to them. That's where you'll see the, the difference. Uh, not in the, um, the elements, yeah. not in what actually occurred, but rather in the words they used to describe them. Um, the near-death experience really um, complements all the world's religions except for one thing. What's that? And that is the near-death ex- experience shows us, proves to us, that God is the God of all. And that is very important. Yeah. What about Absolutely. a blind person? If they Doesn't have make any difference. No way. Eh? Do they come no. back? Do they come back and, and and tell of what they have and I'm gonna put this in air quotations, what they have seen on the other side? <laughs> yes. You know, Ken Ring is the one who's done the most work in that particular field. Mm-hmm. I've done a little bit, but Ken did a lot more, wrote several books about it. He calls it mind sight. Mind and what sight, he has yeah. found is an individual, even born blind, who has a near-death experience as an adult, they can see colors, know what they are, see all kinds of things, know what they are. It's as if once they're on the other side, um, they don't know anything at all about blindness. They aren't blind on the other side. So when they come back, and they're once again blind, mm-hmm. back in their human body, then they can describe and talk about what happened to them. And it matches uh, anybody else's experience. Are there any correlations, PMH, between a near-death experience and a past life, in a past life regressive setting? Um... You've opened up a can of worms here. I try. Um, (laughs) If you're talking about regressions and past life experiences, even memories of past lives that suddenly pop up, Mm -hmm. those are not near-death experiences. They're not even like them. However, in some near-death experiences, they will have past life memories. Um, and I've run into that several times myself. It's in some of my books. Um, that's not often, but it does happen once in a while. Now, after their experience is over, about 50% of them begin to believe and affirm that past lives are real. The other 50% aren't really convinced yet, but about 50%. Um, do um, do tend to go that direction. One thing I remember about many of our conversations, not only with you, but other other people who talk about near-death experiences, that when a person comes back, they no longer have any fear of death. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's gone. Yeah. Gone! Um, you, you, you lose your fear of death because you know what death is. All death is is a door. You walk through, mm-hmm. or a change in vibration, uh, a change in um, um, where you are and what you're doing. That's right. all it is. You, you don't lose your mind. You don't lose your memory. You don't you lose um, our faculties, our feelings, our emotions. They're still there. Um, and this thing about heaven and hell, I talk a lot about that in Dying to Know You, mm-hmm. Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience, because the people wanted to talk about it. Sure. And they make it very, very clear. Yes, there's a hell. Yes, people go there. Yes, there's a heaven. Yes, people go there. And it seems as if the other side, once you die, the other side, there's layers and layers and layers and layers, like a layer cake. There's... And, there, and all these layers are, are separated by frequency of vibration. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these, you can call them dimensions if you want to, or planes of existence, right. or layers. And, and you go to wherever it is that you resonate with. In other words, wh- whoever you are, your deepest you um, that frequency of the real you, 
that's what determines where you go. And so you'll go to that frequency. You will match that frequency. And, of course, some people are drawn to finer, higher uh, levels of vibration with, with light. Some mm -hmm. people are drawn to lower, slower, more dense, maybe dark levels. Um, as near as I can tell, there's about, yeah, I, I call it like maybe 12 layers of heaven, 12 layers of hell. Uh, but but there, it's open at the top and open at the bottom. You're not going to rot forever in some kind of hell. And you're not going to play a harp forever on a cloud in some kind of heaven. Um, remember, they're open at the top. Yeah. And there's movement in this. It's, it's, like a, it's like a construct of some kind. And that movement is based on choice. You can choose to learn and, and grow, or you can choose to shut down and, and just sort of um, be there if you want. Uh, you can be. You can choose to be miserable. You can choose to be happy, um, and that that has a lot to to do with the different realms that um, not only you enter but stay in, because you don't have to stay in anyone. It's not God that judges us. We are judging ourselves, and and the experiencers make this very plain. You know, we've got to the full realm of choices here. We can go to any level we want to stay. We can stay there, or we can grow. We can change. We can be miserable. We can, you know, choose light and growth and learning. It's up to us. So I, I find that very reassuring. And also, you know, it's just very humbling because of this. You know, I can't imagine anything more fair. You know, I, I absolutely fair. PMH, stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation, the one and only PMH Atwater is with us tonight. We're talking about PMH's new book, Dying to Know You, Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience. Her website is www.pmhatwater.com. And uh, we'll both be back on the other side as we wrap up this very interesting conversation with one of the world's leading experts, in the field of near-death experience, our friend, PMH Atwater. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. 
Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Exonation uh, PMH Outwater is our special guest for this hour. She has a new book out, one of 15, uh, <laughs> www.dyingtoknowyou, Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience. Once again, her website is pmhatwater.com. PMH, what is it that makes people come back? We, we've heard that they, the, some of the people want to stay, but they're told, no, you've got to go back. Other people never make it to that final threshold before they're, they're brought back or sent back. Who makes that decision? Uh, some, people do, some people actually make the decision. Most of us do not. We're either pushed back, sent back, or, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> We're just back again. I didn't choose to come back. Um, what was your own... What Tell us about your very own near-death experience. 
In 12 minutes? You've got to be kidding. Oh, by the way, I yeah. have a free monthly newsletter. So if you're on, and also I have a news section on my website. On the homepage, it says NDE After Effects. Whoa. Anybody out there that needs help or needs to know about the After Effects, please get into NDE After Effects. So I want to be sure to say that. My own experience, jeez, I died three times in three months. That was back in 1977. I was in Boise, Idaho. I'm an Idahoan by birth and raised in Idaho, now living in Virginia. Go figure. But anyway, I come from Idaho. Um, and uh, the first one was January 2nd, primarily uh, um, a miscarriage and extreme hemorrhaging. Ooh. Second one, two, two days later, January 4. A, a major uh, phlebitis, um, all kinds of problems with legs and blood and all that kind of thing. And then the third one was March, oh, a lot of part of March, March 29, I think it was. We still, to this day, don't know what killed me. They think it was a heart attack, but they don't know for sure. Um, I was working as a bank analyst with a blood pressure reading of 60 over 60, which means I wasn't doing too good. And later that fall, I had three major relapses, one of which was adrenal failure, total adrenal failure. You know, what most of us forget is that a near-death experience, the near-death experiences come from violence or trauma. Mm -hmm. So you've got a body to deal with, not just, you know, this incredible place that you went to. Um, and, and so, you know, I was doing, I was one of those people that had to relearn how to crawl, how to stand, how to walk, how to run, climb stairs, um, rebuild my ability to see and hear properly, uh, all my belief systems, um, I, you know, almost everything from scratch. And I was doing exercises constantly every day, and it was just rough, rough, rough. Don't believe anybody that says near-death experiences are easy to return from. Some are, but most are not. Most are, are like what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back at my experience, and I call it the heavenly sledgehammer effect. <laughs> Look, I was on my way to being a, a bank manager. I was taking classes. <laughs> and and in my third near-death experience, I was told by what I call the voice like none other. It was so big. It was bigger than big. It, it's like it filled the entire universe. It wasn't, it wasn't like a guide or a guardian or right. an angel or any of that kind of stuff. No, it was bigger than that. Um, my sense was it was of God, and that voice said, and I quote, test revelation. You are to do the research, one book for each death. Uh, book number one was not named. I believe that was coming back to life, m- my first major book. Uh, the second book was named, that's Future Memory. If you haven't read Future Memory, get it. Again, there's no other book out like it. Uh, uh, out like it. Um, every sentence, every paragraph, every page is part of the math I use to create the labyrinth. The book is a labyrinth. Its job is to raise your consciousness up to the next highest level possible for you. So uh, that is to say, if you stay on the path. Um, and it's like a true labyrinth. You stay on the path. It's just like a psychotronic device. You know, it works on the mm-hmm. brain. Um, my third one um, was named A Manual for Developing Humans. Rob, I just finished it. It's now with the publisher. It's supposed to come out next March. So get on my website, you know, sign up for the free monthly newsletter. You'll, you'll find out all about this book. Um, it's, it's just like nothing ever, ever I've ever written or anybody else has written. I mean, it's really, really different. I mean, it's really different. Um, it prepares you and teaches you 
uh, how to handle fifth dimension energy and live in the fifth dimensional world, which is what we're moving into. Um, this is an incredible piece of work. But anyway, uh, so hence I became a researcher. And um, that's how, that's why. I'm a cop's kid. I was raised in a police station. So I use police investigative techniques as my protocol. Um, when I started out, I'd never heard of Raymond Moody, never heard of Life After Life. I'd been doing this for about three or four years before I ever heard of anybody else who was doing research. It was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who I met at the Chicago airport uh, quite by chance, that um, uh, enabled me to be validated. She validated my experience when I told her about it, and she gave me the name, near-death experience. I didn't know there was a name. Right. Um, and that's what got me started. And I'm the only researcher we know of on the planet who went out and did her own independent work before the classical model was ever established. So I didn't know anybody else was doing this. You know, I'd never heard of Raymond Moody. So my work is all original. And mostly field work, uh, because you know I was a, like a cop on the beat. You know, I was out there doing gumshoe work, and so my work is different because of that. Um, in some ways, the same as others; in other ways, radically different. I think it's radically different because I go after the feeling, what it was really like for you, and were there any changes? If they were, what were they? What did it do to your body, your brain, your feelings, your you know, your life? So that that's what I that's what I go after. Based on your experience, has anyone ever had a negative near body experience? Sure, lots of them. Don't believe anybody who says they're rare. In my research, one out of seven. Um, and I believe that the uh, I believe the percentage is even higher. I. These people are reluctant to discuss their experience with anybody. Mm. They don't want to talk about it. Um, so that's why I think we don't hear any more in, in the big book of near-death experiences. And it really is a big book. It's easy to read, lots of charts and, and pictures and drawings and sidebars and all kinds of stuff in it. It's written um, busy people on the go. Um, I wrote that book. It's an encyclopedia of the near-death phenomenon worldwide. And in that book, uh, there's a drawing of a, I think it was a five-year-old boy, who had uh, a hellish experience, and, and he, drew, he drew the devil. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's in his book. It's in the book. Uh, so we do have that unpleasant or hellish experience. We have the pleasant or heavenly experience. We have the initial experience, which is usually very short. We have the transcendent experience, which very, very seldom is ever personal, usually has to do with history in the human family. So we've got you know, different types of experiences that people go through. Um, and it's fascinating to know about that. Um, and even... Um, children who have their near-death experience in the womb, still in the womb, or in uh, while being born. Uh, the frontispiece in the New Children and Near-Death Experiences is written by John Leona. He had his near-death experience inside his mother's vagina oh as he was being born. That is very rare, isn't it? Um, you don't hear that many, but I would not say it was rare. No way. PMH, the time has come when you and I must say so long again. Oh, it, it's it's <laughs> been a great over. it's been a great hour. PMH, um, let our listeners know where they can get your books. Um, they can certainly get it off my website. They can get it from Amazon.com. They should be able to order it from any bookstore. They're all still out there. PMH Atwater, thank you very much for all the work you have done over the years, and I look forward to many, many more interviews with you, my dear friend. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> Take care of yourself, PMH. 
Enjoy Bye-bye. your. By the way, enjoy your holiday. Yeah. All right, Exo Nation. PMH Atwater has been our guest this hour. www.pmhatwater.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around this great big world of ours. If you'd like to see who else is on our network, when you can listen to them, find a favorite topic. All you need to do is go to www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. 